Welcome to the Boston's Big Four podcast. New news about music and sports every week, sometimes. All right, folks, welcome back. We got a very special guest, episode 81 of Boston's Big Podcast. Welcome, Rob Crean, uh, local comedian, local superhero. Uh, he's got an album out right now, Sadly Sackerton. Go check it out. You might see things like um, like dating advice. You might see things like uh, amazing impressions of Hollywood celebrities. Uh, you might see things about cats, good or bad. Uh, it really, it's... It's up to you what you like. Uh, I'd say there's something for everybody in there. So go check it out. Sadly, Sackerton. Yeah. I believe it's everywhere. Is it? Um, I found it on YouTube, but is it on uh, yeah, Spotify and such? Yeah, it's on Spotify and everything like that. You know, uh, you can, the best, if you want to buy it, you can buy it at deadmellow.com. Uh, that's okay. the way I, I get like a couple of dollars if you buy it from there. Also, I have three albums. You can buy a bundle with all three albums for $18 there, which I think is worth it. It's a pretty sweet deal. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, or you can what you can you know if if you listen to it on Spotify and then a hundred other people listen to it on Spotify, I get a penny. So you know that's that cool. works too. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Either yeah. way, it all funnels back to the house. Yeah, like yeah. That. I mean, it's just it, it's it's extreme. I I get paid very little if people listen to it on Spotify, but I'd rather people listen to it on Spotify than not listen to it. True. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's an interesting segue. Speaking of paid very little, comedy. It's a place where people often fight tooth and nail to get paid. Um, yeah. What What has your experience been? Boston's often like, in what I hear, it's kind of like an incubator, it seems, for big comedians. A lot of big comedians seem to come um, out of Boston and then just take over the world or country, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good place to develop as a comedian because there's no money. So it's like you're because you're never getting paid, uh you're allowed to experiment a lot more you know i mean because you know there there's there's there are benefits and and uh detrimental elements to boston comedy but you know there's lots of stage time a lot of it's really good stage time uh i mean this is obviously now not this is all like from a year ago now there's no stage time uh but but you know you, you can you can get on you can perform a lot and get in front of audiences a lot and develop your voice really well without kind of like worrying about you know making sure that the club is happy with your act because it doesn't you know you, you have to really be bad for for places to not want to work with you in Boston because there's you know people aren't going to remember probably mm -hmm. if one person's bad on a show with like 10 comics yeah that makes sense and but if you're like, you know, if you're like in the Midwest where you're like, you know, a year in, you're already like middling and you're doing like 20 minutes on a show with three comics that people are paying $20 for. Uh, if you suck, like people are mad because they paid a lot of money. Right. Yeah. You know, now that makes sense. I can totally stakes, understand. Stakes are a little bit higher. Other places. So what's uh, what's the comedy life like since quarantine the past year? It stinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, it's weird to not have a job. I don't leave my house that much. Uh, I've been doing, you know, uh, shows, Zoom shows. I've been doing, I do a, a, an open mic every Tuesday. And then me and my friend Gary Peterson are doing a show called Co-Host to Co-Host with Creaney and the Gipper that we do. Um, we do it on, we don't do it every Saturday, but we do it most Saturdays. Uh, actually, we do it 
we've done 25 in the past year so we don't do it that often Pretty, it's not but, bad you know yeah 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 you know and then we we record them and then you know i edit them and uh you know make them a lot tighter so we've got right now i think we've got 22 episodes up uh that are uh, you know in general they're an hour we've got a couple slightly longer ones but um yeah it's nice it's a fun show it, we we try I, I spend a lot i spend way too much time editing them yeah uh you know doing a lot of stuff that probably most people don't notice I, well that's probably a good thing because you know comedy's all about time and you can take those little moments that maybe weren't funny live and you kind of have people you know those hilarious yeah. those edits where you get people looking back and forth at each other or something you know, sure you know, or you just like, cut stuff out if it didn't work <laughs> also that you know it's not all gold <laughs> it's yeah not. um so when you uh i guess just to like swing back a little bit to like boston being a good place to bomb if you need to uh when you sure. started out did you find that that was like um a good place to duck and weave like were you just going to different open mics all the time and yeah uh yeah i mean definitely and i i mean i i it there's there were so many fun places to perform when i started there were so many great open mics uh and then i you know pretty quickly i started running my own shows so running your my own shows just kind of guaranteed that i was uh you know i did like for most of the time I've been doing comedy, I've been running like four shows a week. So that pretty much guaranteed I was on stage at least four times a week. And then, uh, you know, if I was booked on, uh, on at least one uh, show and went to one other mic, you know, that would mean I was on stage like six times every week, which is probably about how about average. So, yeah. And I, when I started, I was doing, still doing like when I started doing stand-up, I was still like playing in rock bands and, and I was in a sketch comedy group. So I was doing a lot of that stuff too, but. Oh, so you had started uh, in music? Yeah, I started in music uh, and, and, uh, and, and sketch. I mean, I did sketch for almost as long as I did music. Uh, and, you know, we put a lot of effort into that. And, and we kind of like the, like the Middle East, we started that. That was originally like a sketch show where we would play like video sketches and then we would have uh, like comics in between. So we started booking. So I was like booking comics before I was really even doing comedy uh, oh, okay. as a stand-up. That was That's a really long time ago, though. That was. And have you? How long have like... have you been doing comedy? I mean, that was like fifth. That was like sixteen years ago. Okay. Uh, so I, I would say I've been doing comedy about fifteen years, but right. I was booking comedy like sixteen years ago. Wow! How'd you get into it originally? Just, you know, I was, I was doing sketch with people I went to high school with and I was, you know, playing in rock bands and stuff like that. So all my shows are, are, were in rock venues because okay. I was playing in rock bands. So just kind of like from doing rock music and doing sketch, it kinda, I kind of just fell into stand-up. And now it's like what I've been doing. Do you find that a lot of comedians are into music or do music as well? Uh, yeah, I think there's some overlap for sure. I mean, I, yeah. you know, they're both creative endeavors. So I think people that, and, and I think right. that there are tons of people that um, attempt one or, or will attempt both and be, you know, markedly better at one, you know? Yeah. So I know a lot of people that are really funny comics that uh, tried really hard to be musicians and failed and vice versa. But then I also know a lot of, you know, people who are, uh, great comics that were also in bands that used to that were good so you know hmm. like yeah, Keith Crawford was in a was in a band and his band was really good Dan Hall was in a band Bad at Sex Bad Sex that's a good name great band name 
Yeah. Uh, bad sex. It's hmm. weird. Yeah. Bad uh, at sex. So bad at sex. Yeah, Lots yeah. of people are bad at sex. I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> Not me though. Not me. That's what they all tell me. Um, you just have to put in the effort, really. I mean, it's yeah. like as long as as long as like it's it's not that hard, yeah. Yeah, as long as the other person feels like you're trying, they're right. really willing. Wasn't to, that the whole when Harry met Sally thing? Like no one thinks that they're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah, Turns out they're always faking, or most of the time. Yeah, I I don't think that that's I've never seen that movie, but I don't feel like that's true. I feel like well, and I I think also probably it's become less true. Like I, I don't think that there's pressure on women now to like. Oh to, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all, all power these days. There's it's equal playing fields. Yeah. Well, and I think it's like you know, uh, if 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 you're having sex and and one person doesn't have an orgasm, it's just like oh, what are you gonna do? That happens sometimes. Right. Yeah. It's next time. Like, yeah. You know. Sometimes. As long as it seems like yeah, as long as it seems like you're you've put in the effort. Like if, right. if you if you know you finish really fast and then you're like, well, I'm out of here. Well, I'm hungry, yeah. annoyed, but as long as you as long as you appear to be trying right people are pretty forgiving i think so that's the biggest takeaway from this podcast and that goes for anything in life not just sex yeah yeah, yeah i think that's as true. long as as long as it appears you're trying you'll you'll do I think all right that's so true with comedy too like i'll if someone's trying at comedy and failing i'm so forgiving but when someone's yeah. like, like not trying and wasting the audience time i get so angry Mm-hmm. you don't like you don't have to be up there don't just sit down other what, people are right what are some bad habits that you see at like typical usually open mics but maybe even people that are like getting like headlining or featuring do they have um like you'll see people maybe like yipping at the crowd or something there's stuff i don't like for sure but some open mic habits that i think are bad are uh, i think that uh the biggest one is just a if when you're at an open mic uh know when you're going on and be close to the stage like just don't like be at the back of the room when they call your name because then it takes forever for you to get to the stage and that's just dead air that yeah. is uh that counts towards your time and i think a lot of comics think like it doesn't start until i say my first word and it's like no it starts as soon as they say your name mm. so if you if it takes you 30 seconds to get up to the stage like you've just wasted 30 seconds of your set so don't do that that makes sense. Yeah. At least that's how I ran it. Cause that, cause that particularly, that really annoyed me. Maybe other people are kinder about that. Uh, other things. Um, I think, yeah, I think most people that are doing open mics should just watch the open mic. I think that's, I think that, you know, if you, if you watch other people, you'll probably learn uh, what you want to do and also what you don't want to do, which is good. Hmm. You know. That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, it's good to just show support for the other comics. Yeah, sure. That's nice too. Yeah. I mean, it, altruistically, it's yeah, definitely support. And that was like, and that like for me, like you know, being in like punk bands, it's like that was always like a thing. Is like it's shitty to not watch the other bands, you know? Yeah. No, oh, that's always a thing at local local music, you know, shows yeah. that we go to. It's like if you're an artist, you should be watching the other artists that are there. Have you ever read the the book Our Band Could Be Your Life? No, I have not. No, it's it's a great book. It's an oral tradition of a bunch of a. Uh, it's like an oral like a, a history of a bunch of um, punk bands from the eighties, and uh, it's it's like a. It, it happens in I think three different uh, of the chapters in it, uh, where the band as they're starting to get momentum, 
get the chance to to open for the band Public Image, which is the band that uh, Johnny Rotten is in after the Sex Pistols. And they're so excited. And then Johnny Rotten doesn't watch them and how like it's like devastating to everyone in the bands. And they're all like, and that's when I decided I was going to watch every band that ever opened for us. And I think that that's just, you know, it's just, it's shitty when you don't watch the people that are, uh, that, you know, that are, are trying, you know? Right. But also, if you're at an open mic, there's a good chance that you're not good at comedy yet. And the only way you're going to get good at comedy is by performing, sure, but also by like watching other comics. That's the only mm. other thing you can do, you know? And, True. and watching comics that are at your level is, is the most helpful thing you can do. Like, it's great to watch like a Chris Rock special or something and be like, that's amazing. But how do you do that? Like, how do you get from where I am to there? And the answer is you've got to watch a bunch of other people that are figuring it out. And that's how you figure it out. And I guess, so on a bigger scale, comedy kind of like, uh, it's evolved clearly within the past 10 years or so. And I mean, even more sure. so in the past 20 or 30. Yeah, um, it, it you... I think it's almost more like it, it evolves, I guess, but it also sort of like cycles, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like, I think that things become, things come in and out of fashion. Yeah. I've seen happen since since I've been doing it, you know? Like, you know, there's always uh, like stories and one-liners are always like the kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum and it'll all it kind of teeter-totters like we're all of a sudden like people love one-liners and they're excited about one-liners and then yeah it goes the other direction you know yeah that makes sense and i mean to so i actually i was going to comment on i really like the style that you use in uh, your album it's like classic misdirection you're leading us up to in you're getting us feeling a certain way and then you hit us with your punchline or a series of punchlines so it's it's always uh like that style is i mean i think that's timeless because you usually if done correctly you can always be misdirected yeah so it's pretty well good. i mean i think a lot of what i do on the sadly sacraton album in particular is like um tension and release too where it's like yeah i make you feel sad <laughs> yeah yeah for longer than you think is possible on a comedy record and you're like how this is how am i still this sad and it gets you're getting sadder and sadder and then i then there's a punchline and then it releases that tension and uh, you know that's um, th these are just classic comedy tricks yeah exactly and but i mean it's something that i'm sure you've had to hone because i've seen some people at these open mics try to uh, do things like that and it just like the air never really picks back up it's it stays dead because it really was beat down with like such a somber tone and everyone's like Ooh, yeah all right like i don't know if i can laugh now like the, after no matter what you say next like kind of a thing and i've seen that before and it's definitely a skill i think you have to oh. get people right to that edge and knowing that edge yeah in any form and because every joke has its own different edge i'm sure for sure yeah and i think as a, as a performer you figure out where it is a little bit better but it's also like you know you're you want to be at the edge. You want, you know, I want it to be as sad as possible before it's too sad. Hmm. But I've got lots of audio recordings of me at open mics where the jokes are too sad, where it's just too sad. Yeah. <laughs> the audience isn't enjoying it. I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> and, you know, and, but, but, you know, and I had to try that. And then, you know, I listened to the tape and, I, and I get even sadder and then I just next time I do it it's not as sad uh, or it's like it's or it's sad in a different way you know I, I readjust the angle 
Hmm. Um, also, not all comedy. <laughs> it's not just. It's not just about sad stuff. It's just yeah, for other yeah. stuff. You know. You know. It's how all jokes work. Is you figure it out. You tell them a hundred times until you figure out how to make them work. Um, how to. You know. And usually, it's less about <laughs> making them not too sad as it is about just making them shorter. Like you want to get the jokes as short as possible. Hmm. That's the most important thing. Yeah, and I guess that's one good thing about podcasts is that those long form jokes you can kind of save for times like this where if you knew you had an hour or so to just talk with people you can kind mm -hmm. of fit those jokes in that are more conversational rather than trying to long form tell them on stage because i've heard some some funny situations where usually it's like a more of a roasty kind of situation where you get like a bunch of comedians on stage and someone really tries to get something out the premise is there could have been funny they just like really like rung it all out and then someone just chimes in like boy that was wordy and then like everyone yeah. it's just like that's yeah. the funny part not the, not their joke so it's sure. just funny how that happens like it really i mean it's timing it's all timing like we were saying so yeah and that's again, that again that's like someone be the vulnerability of attempting a joke and then having it fail is is so tense and then just anything can release that tension but just by kind of like someone addressing it in a way that's mm -hmm. fun Mm. and uh, allows the audience to relax again are there any uh like current shows whether they're podcast or just touring previous to covid touring shows like of comedians that you're you're looking at right now that you like or admire mm. uh, yeah i mean i like all i like so many comedians uh i, I mean you know who's the be best three and who's the worst three <laughs> best three comedians yeah that i've ever seen uh i mean that's a, uh i mean let's let's go with people that i've worked with i mean i okay. i just I, I had hannibal burris on the gas twice in a year and he did like two different hours this is a long time ago before he was famous obviously tell us that he was an asshole make it a whole thing oh <laughs> no he was very he was extremely nice he did get I'm very kidding, drunk yeah. he did get extremely drunk uh where tim who was the, who's the bartender at great scott uh before they closed he was like, you know, he, he always has this thing where like, you know, his, he has nephews and they'll, they'll like start to get into bands and he'll be like, oh, they, used, they were, they played a great Scott. And one of his nephews was starting to get into Hannibal Burris. He was like, oh yeah, he played a great Scott. And he was like, you, you met Hannibal Burris? And he's like, I cut him off. Uh, <laughs> he did, he did get very, very drunk, but he was nice. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't a dick about it. And yeah. also he is now sober. So I think he, I think he used to drink a lot and now he's gotten under control. That's yeah. good. I mean, it happens. Yeah. He was hanging out with Eric Andre. Things definitely get silly. Yeah. Sure. And he was never, yeah, he was never a, a dick when he was drunk. He just was. Yeah. yeah. Just was drunk. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, I think that's the thing too, when you're working as a comic, when like part of what you get paid in his drink tickets, you're like, well, I got, you know, what am I going to throw money away? Right. Mm -hmm. And I definitely have drank too much because it was free before. And also don't drink anymore because of that. Well, it would be rude not to. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. Uh, so actually, I just, I did see you had Maria Bamford on recently. Or were you on her show? Was she? Oh, no, she was on our show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think we're, I did do a show in her backyard, uh, which was fun. Oh, was is she from around me. here? Or no, she's, no, she's in LA. But uh, it was just me, her, and, uh, and Gary Peterson. Uh, just, nice yeah which yeah it was nice i mean she's like she's so great she will like she'll like just ask comics to like watch her new hour and give her no like comics that are like you know just way below her uh in terms of status she'll ask to like watch her hour and like give notes and stuff which is so nice uh just that she'd be that open and and 
and uh, and generous. But she seems uh, she sort of a... genuine. Um, I yeah. just through everything she, I mean, she gets like pretty candid in her. This is not happening. I don't know if you've seen that, but they, oh yeah, yeah. She, it's it's interesting. She does seem like the type of person that's aware of the celebrity aspect of things and just is pretty t- down to earth, despite the things that she gets into in that uh, fifteen minutes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, I mean, she's great, and she's. Yeah, she's obviously she's gone through some like very difficult mental health stuff in the past, and she's kind of like uh, figured out how to live a happy life, but still like has a lot of anxiety and, and it, you know, that she has to deal with. Uh, but she, yeah, she's so. I mean, I don't know. She just like she was playing in like before I, I ever met her. She was playing in Boston. I, I'd seen her a few times already, and it was on Friday, so I had I had two shows on Friday back then: the Gas and the Nightcap. And so I heard she was in town and I was like, oh, it's great. I wish it wasn't on Friday. I would love to go see her. And then she just sent out a tweet looking for local female comics to open for her. And she got uh, two of my friends, Emily Ruskowski and Krista Weiss to open for her. And then, and they were like, yeah, she's like paying us way more than the theater would normally pay openers. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa. And I, and I just was like, I'm just going to cancel my, I'm going to get someone else to cover my late show. And I'm, I want to, I'm going to go see the show. Cause I just, that's just so cool that she did that. Yeah. And, um, and that's just the type of person that she is. She's just like extreme. She's, she's more generous than she needs to be. And uh, I don't know. She's, she's very cool. And do you think that that happens more often with comics because of the nature of the comedy industry um, versus hmm. like actors that may not be showing that kind of love to people that aren't on the same level as them oh, I or, or other kind of, or even musicians, I feel don't really do that. We've said this before. Musicians aren't like pulling up the, the people from uh, just lower areas. We don't yeah. really see like the highest level people usually work with the highest level people and that's all you'll ever see. So it's kind yeah, of, yeah, it's like once you get to a certain level, you just don't, mess with anyone who's below you it's like I, I, yeah I, I don't know it's so foreign to me you know like I rem- I you know tried to pursue rock music around the turn of the century and found it extremely difficult and I can't imagine attempting to perform music now because it just seems like it's gotten harder because I, I mean so, certain things have gotten easier like it's so much easier to rec- like it was so hard for us to record music back then it was like it, it was we played for years before we ever got a halfway decent sounding recording hmm. and now like you can do that easily yeah uh, but like there's so much it's so easy to get your music out there that it's become so difficult to get anyone to pay attention to you i like i understand i understand like the how to how to climb the ladder in comedy not that i am doing it but i i understand how it's possible you know yeah whereas like with music i i like vaguely get how it's different than it used to be but even then it was kind of confusing but like how do you become a famous actor like how do you how yeah, do you just got to be rich and already have famous parents i think that's it's like the usually how it works any art any art you want to do the best thing you can do is to be born rich because it yeah. really yeah. like first this is the best thing that you can do this is this is be born rich that's great that's like gives you such a leg up but then like get a job you know like get jobs like have like a job so you can be like i don't really take money from my parents yeah uh, so that they, like make sure like, yeah. but even though like it doesn't even matter because it's like the whether or not whether or not you, you ever take a dime from your parents the fact that you've got a, a safety net 
allows you to take risks that someone that has to worry about whether or not they can make their rent would right. take. Uh, and yeah, man, just, you can just do whatever you want. If you're, if you're rich, you can just, oh, man, it's got, I, man, oh, if It'd I could be so cool, it'd be so cool uh, to be rich. I would forget where I came from so fast. I would <laughs> get rid of all my old friends. I, I think we've um, talked about this too, because we like to we like to make it sound so horrible that someone's like, oh, they got rich and they they left their hometown behind, but they probably also like had a bunch of shitty friends in their hometown. Yeah, like they yeah. really want. <laughs> like out I'm out of here. For sure. Sometimes, and I don't know, man. Sometimes you just like. I have friends that like got successful, and I haven't heard from from a long time. But I'm like, well, you're living their life, man. They don't owe me anything. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with Big J? I, uh, yeah, I know the guy. He, he tells yeah. a hilarious story because I guess he was like open mic friends with Kevin Hart. And mm-hmm. then he went and visited Kevin Hart once he was in town, just like doing an arena. And Big J also had a show just like at some other club. And he just in between was going to Kevin's hotel to say just hi to him before his show. And uh, just this whole thing where it was like that the driver thought that he was getting he big j offers tickets to his own show the driver's like oh i thought you meant kevin hart and it's just like a whole thing and he just like gets all mixed up and then he realizes how charitable and nice kevin hart is he was ready to be all like oh he sold out he wanted to say that he was just like a sellout and everything and it turns out he like buys an xbox donates it to an orphanage like in every city he goes to and stuff like that so it It is funny how you got all types of people it doesn't the the success doesn't always do that to you but it it, it's what we think about so it's funny how that happens and I'm butchering the like Big J work. story. Just go listen to him tell it. <laughs> Kevin Hart works so hard though. But like when you like just when you like look at how hard he works, it's just like man, I can't imagine living in that brain. I know he works so hard on comedy and business, and he like works out every day. Like oh, and acting, he's in every movie. It's like so many movies. It's like oh man. Theory, he's got a twin, and they're just like on twelve-hour schedules. Oh man, that would be. He best. sleeps twelve hours a day. He's the most rested man in the world, <laughs> and there's two of them. That's yeah. my theory. Yeah, you know, what I think is also a big thing is I uh, just it, if you get once you get rich enough, you can have a personal chef. Like you can just <clears throat> so healthy. Yeah, you just wake up so and there's much. a meal ready for you. Yeah, you don't have to do and anything. Like, and it's like exactly the right amount of calories for what you need for the next yep. few hours, and then. And it's uh yeah it's yeah that that's yeah yeah so once again being rich is the key to it's the, the it's really make everything easier you know yeah um, money doesn't money doesn't buy you happiness it just gives you all the tools you need to achieve happiness <laughs> yes, yeah exactly. so basically it gives you happiness basically you'd have to be a fool not to be happy with plenty of money yeah oh man. Man, imagine being rich. Ooh, boy. Yeah. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it, guys. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> let's just get rich. Yep. Uh, so, so Owen tells me that you used to dress up as Paul Revere and do the Freedom Trail tours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, up until the pandemic. Uh, oh, would, nice. Yeah, I would. I mean, I, that's the only reason that I'm not that I don't do it anymore. Yeah. Doing it. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's great. I mean, I like it as much as I like stand up. Oh, nice. That's good. And do you get to like work out material on those or are they like yeah. on a strict schedule? No, it's all, I mean, you know, we all fig, you know, figure out what we say. So my stuff is all, you know, basically just stand up about the revolution, you know? Uh, it's not, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's as it's, it's exactly like my stand up. It's like kind of funny, but also pretty sad. You know, it's, <laughs> oh, no. you know, it's exactly, uh, it's, 
yeah, I'm, it's 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 like not the mo- I, I don't have the most jokes, yeah. but uh, but I but the jokes are uh, in stories with emotional resonance, so they mean more. Okay, how'd you get into that? Uh, I had a friend that did it, my friend Matt Wilding, who and we're doing a show together now called uh, Tea Party Tonight. That's like a talk show that's a history themed talk show. We did one episode already, uh, which is has been got was you know a lot of people watched it and seemed to like it which is great nice. and we're doing another one uh next month which will be exciting mm-hmm. and we're gonna do we're gonna do four in two in, uh, this year so that'll be good but um we you know he's like been one of he's one of my oldest friends you know we've known each other for i don't know i guess like almost 30 years and he uh he was do- he did it for a long time before i did it and he was always like you should do this and I was always like, I don't know if that's like how I want to perform. And then I was, uh, I uh, got laid off. And so I didn't have a job and I just kind of like collect un- collected unemployment for a while and just focused on standup. And then my unemployment was running out and I was like, you know what? And, and during that time, I, I had just decided that I was going to try and do any performance I could do, uh, especially if it was like, may- would, would make me uncomfortable. So I did like hmm. tons of terrible student films in Boston like 10 years ago that never came that never got finished just like all this terrible stuff i played a homeless man so many times in student films that were so that i'm so glad never got completed uh and i and so i was like yeah i'm gonna do this like i think that it'll it'll push me out of my comfort zone and i probably won't like it but it'll make me a better performer but then i ended up loving it i really you know and it was it was immediate too it wasn't it was like during my training i saw this guy uh, this guy Bob Jolly that I used to work with do his tour like when I was watching to train for the job and just like realizing like how uh, how like artistically satisfying it could be because uh, his tour his tour was amazing and 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 it was like it was actually it was amazing it was kind of bad for training though because there was like very little from his tour that I could take from my tour because it was so specific to who he was as a person yeah uh, and uh but it re- but it did like let me know like what was what the potential was for the job and uh, and I loved it you know I I did it for ten years and oh wow it's uh yeah I mean I was always like trying to learn more and make it better and you know make it you know make it funnier figure out how to say you know just like stand up I was trying to you know uh, and you make- get to know a lot about the city I'm sure you know like the depths of history because honestly if you quizzed me I'd probably not get the most <laughs> important facts about yeah, Boston I mean, history right now I don't know there are so many things I you know I thought I knew a decent amount about Boston history uh, before I took the job but I learned so much that I you know could you pop quiz us right now with some fun facts sure let's see uh, so just to give you guys a pop quiz um, okay uh, when was Boston established as a city 1831 very close really oh no well you got some of the numbers right (laughs) some of the numbers right 1630 so that's pretty good okay 1630 yeah so yeah you got the one and the three right i mean okay they they were wrong but i mean it's (laughs) going by i was right as i said it i was like after the declaration of independence that's yeah (laughs) it was right yeah, right around the time oh, of the war, we were like, let's, let's become a city over here. <laughs> uh, let's um, what's another? What's another good one? Uh, how many? Uh, uh, how, uh, how many people were involved in the Boston Tea Party? Ooh. It's uh, twenty-five plus Johnny. I Jermaine. was going to say thirty. 
Uh, the answer is no one knows. Uh, but definitely, <laughs> definitely not Johnny Tremaine. Uh, but he had his hands fused together from the silver, yeah. didn't he? He is he is fictional though. That's the only thing yeah. that kept him from from being there. <laughs> I but believe if it. He had not been fictional. He probably would have been there. But do you think it's okay to still dress up as Native Americans and throw things into Boston Harbor and protest? Uh, probably not. No, I, I, I should say that like j- it, to be most of their costumes weren't good. Like it wasn't like, yeah, yeah a lot yeah. of people think that they were trying to like, it, it is certainly cultural appropriation, but they weren't trying to like pin it on the Mohawk natives of, it was more of, symbolic of state from, New York. Yeah. yeah, it was. And it was like, you know, a lot of them just had like, like some of the like really rich people were like really decked out, but like poor people just had like ash on their face, you know, like it was, <laughs> not big costumes Jeez, and that's probably problematic in a different way but oh it's absolutely problematic <laughs> it's just problematic in a different way than people think it is yeah yeah no that's fun uh what are what are some stumpers though like what's a boston fun fact stumper uh also sound see. off in the comments listeners what do you got for boston fun fact stumpers can you answer these questions hmm. uh what's a what's a stumper let's see um good I, I i always like i'm so used to presenting information i'm not used to uh questioning oh, yeah <laughs> so i got you uncomfortable this is a practice good practice it's great yeah <laughs> um let's see uh uh how many lanterns were hung from uh from the old north church one if by land two if by sea yes but which was it oh i I think it was by C, right? I don't even know. It was by C. Okay. Yes. Good, good, good. Yeah, I knew that. It was two, but actually it wasn't even by C because it was technically uh, by river. It was by the Charles uh, River. But it's like, water, what do I say? Yeah, water, they, they thought it was boats. the sea. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of it, some people argue that it's just that the poem, it's like, you know, the poem's written like a hundred years later, so poetic license. But also um, Charles, the Charles River is like brackish and tidal. So like it's definitely possible it could have been viewed as being part of the of the sea even though it's technically not, but it is like it acts like the sea you know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like back then they like probably weren't as specific either, so they were like water, yeah. water's water. that, water yeah. is the sea. Yeah. Um, and also, do you think Paul Revere sounded more like this, or yeah. do you think he sounded more like this? <laughs> I, I mean, they say that the Boston accent is what the British accent was back then and then the british accent evolved over yeah. the, over the years and the boston accent didn't but paul revere who's like a middle class person so he's he's not uh he's not he's not uneducated but he's not particularly educated but he writes with the boston accent when you read his writing mm. he you know he drops r's and stuff like that so, really? so it was yeah. like the regulars are here yeah so he the sounds regulars. like he's from revere yeah, yeah he does he does, he had a boston accent you know nice that is that's a great news. That's that's a good yeah. fact right there. <laughs> I thought that he was out there just like be- like wi- singing to everybody, like the British, they're on their way. No, I mean he, he wasn't doesn't feel right. Wasn't, he wasn't yelling or anything. He was being quiet. People <laughs> 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 were sleeping. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but, just uh, knocking on doors. Yeah, it's weird. I can't do a Boston accent very well, um, which I don't know. I mean, I'm from around here. My sister speaks with a Boston accent all the time. But I, I just don't, I can't really do it very well. Interesting. Do you, do you travel and have people request that? Or is that like? Um, well, on, as a tour guide, people would often ask me why I didn't have an accent. 
but then oh. also some people would say would like bring up my accent they'd be like oh you're such a strong accent and i'd be like i don't That's, I, yeah I, I like i i i i agree with you that i do have an accent but it's not strong yeah it's funny because yeah i've had someone say that to me and i don't think i grew up with an a boston accent and then they will say like you sound like you're from boston i'm like i guess that's yeah Maybe if you i'm like no you haven't heard someone here. who really sounds like they're from boston because it's yeah it's not like this i say it like i you know i i don't do the dropped r's but i do other like i i, I some of the vowel stuff you know like i say right. popcorn instead of popcorn uh oh rum, like orange yeah I, I do, you know what that stuff like mum mm-hmm. rum mm-hmm. i definitely that's stuff that. that like we wouldn't even <laughs> pick up on but yeah yeah like the mary 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 thing you know I, you know that thing they can, what? it's like a tester can tell what region of the united states you're from by if you think that those words are pronounced differently so oh, okay like uh like merry christmas you know yeah uh, like you uh, marry your wife and uh you know mary mother god like those oh, like they're yeah, all the yeah, same yeah. no they're not yeah see i i think they're all different yeah it's i don't know mary, i i think mary, i pretty much pronounce them all the mary. same yeah where are you are you from boston I'm from the South Shore, so not the city, but oh, but yeah, yeah, I'm from I'm from just inland of the South Shore. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I see. I pronounce them all differently, but maybe that also might be age too, because accents are getting uh, are are there. You know, people have accents are aren't as strong as they were like 20 years ago. Oh no, the Boston accent's kind of dying slowly. Yeah, yeah, fewer and fewer people have it, and fewer and fewer people have it is like heavy as it people used to have it. Yeah, I think heavy accents of any kind is usually um, just kind of like a leftover thing from previous languages and just kind of like Some of it, yeah. rolls in. And then like, I mean, ours, the Boston accent probably stuck around a little longer than it needed to, because I don't think like yeah. it does sound in a way. And I think it's the same case with, um, are you familiar with Chris Stefano? This is actually a great. Stefano, uh, that sounds so familiar. So he is a New York comedian. And he has like, he talks just full New York and he used to be a physical therapist. And he said that people like would have him being their physical therapist. And they're like, when's the therapist coming in? Cause like you talk like you're a garbage man. And he's just like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm the therapist. And they're like, oh, you can't be, you can't be the therapist. (laughs) I love, I love the New York accent. I went to the, the museum of science in Boston and they, you know, they have like different things throughout the museum that you press and they like will play audio and usually it's like a very flat accent you know it's just like sounds like a, you know like some actor that they hired to read lines in a flat accent but there's this one where it's someone with a super thick new york accent and i i like just i got like i was there with like kids but i got like hyper focused and just kept like pressing the buttons because <laughs> it was a it was a, a an exhibit about like a different types of life and how long they've existed on the earth and you like press the button it's like fans France are one of the oldest forms of life on the earth. They've uh, existed for over uh, six billion years. Also, if you've got an apartment, does it have a lot of good natural light? A uh, fan can you know, really brighten up the place. And it was just every like everything was in that that thick New York accent, and yeah, I got hyper focused on it. <laughs> wait a minute, was that like your addition to it, or did they actually? Get yeah, no, they didn't say stuff about it. <laughs> about how a fern can brighten up an apartment but <laughs> the rest yeah. of it's pretty accurate i would have been there all day just clicking those like what else can i do dinosaurs lived for about 
50 million years. And also, oh, they're awesome. It's uh, <laughs> like this kid is super passionate, yeah. but has a very thick accent. <laughs> Why is that getting me so much? Sound I'm off in the My nephew is is uh is very into dinosaurs right now, and his parents have Boston accents, but he doesn't really have one super. He doesn't have a super heavy one yet, but I wonder if he's gonna have a Boston accent as he gets older. Funny, my one of my good friends growing up, his dad has like a super strong Boston accent, and he had one. My friend had one when we were kids, but then he grew out of it eventually. Yeah, I think a lot of people do too. I've also known people that when I met them didn't have a Boston accent and then later did. And it was just, it wasn't that they like developed one. They're faking it. it. No, it's more than just, they stopped struggling against it, you know? Oh, okay. Like my friend Katie, when I first, I first met her when she was probably like 19 or 20 and she didn't really have an accent, but you would hear it slip in every once in a while. And then uh, like, I didn't see her for a couple of years. And then I started seeing her again and she just had like, a, a super thick Boston accent. And I was like, oh, that's how you've always really talked, but you were just yeah. trying to talk differently. But yeah, it's just a very thick accent. Yeah, that's that's super fun. I also I love when um I forget who, who does it. Fred Armisen. He does accents like he does like clockwise around the country. Oh and yeah. like you wouldn't realize like how subtle it is, but he goes from like New Orleans to Texas to like Arizona to California and then just like up and around and every, it is slightly different. Like you'd think like, Oh, Midwest is Midwest, but like every state yeah. even has its mm-hmm. own way of talking. Yeah. I mean, Rhode Island to Boston, there is a Rhode Island. Oh accent. yeah. Yeah. It's, different. Really different. it's very interesting. And then like, yeah, like where I grew up, which is in a little inland, inland of the South shore, which is like halfway between uh, like Boston and Providence is like a slightly different accent than what town did you grow up in i grew up in stoughton and easton oh okay yeah yeah know where that is that is inland yeah no water no water i mean there's water there's there's not ocean (laughs) yeah we got like lakes and stuff though there may have might have been a sea but might have also been a river i'm not sure yeah exactly (laughs) uh yeah we've got we've got some some rivers and lakes and stuff uh, yeah, that's where that's where I grew up. I, I I've been in JP for you know most of my life though. Uh, that's where all the action is. There's no action these days. Yeah. <laughs> There's no action anywhere. No action anywhere. Yeah, it's a it's a sad time. It really is. I'm over it. I, yeah. yeah, I I actually I did want to ask though. Um, do you play the harpsichord or is this part of the bit? Oh no, I don't actually play. That. I wish I could play the harpsichord. No. Isn't the harpsichord just like a unique piano? What yeah, is the harpsichord? It's like a piano, but it's uh, but it's like an old-fashioned piano. But I think it's slightly different. I mean, it's not as different as like a guitar and a ukulele. I think it's got the same scale, but it's just it, it just sounds different. Like if you heard a harpsichord, you'd be like, "Oh, that." It's like, what's a good example of a harpsichord? And there yeah. is a they mentioned harpsichords in it. Uh, regular show i don't know if people ever watch that but uh for the for the listeners i'm about to put up a google search of the harpsichord yeah there it is it's exactly like a piano <laughs> you would recognize it by the sound though the sound is different than a piano it's like it's it's like you know victorian sort of not victorian it's like you know it's it's a classical piano basically 
It's a piano with two levels. Do yeah. some of them have two levels? That's cool. Some of them yeah. do. Oh, I yeah. Think, I don't know, like, what is the difference, though? They're, let's see. Harpsichord V piano. It's got a very specific sound. It's kind of tinnier. Oh, a harpsichord is a plucked string instrument, and a mm. piano is a struck string instrument. There you go. All right. That let's makes sense. A, yeah, that explains. One's plucked, podcast. one's struck. Yeah, new podcast, Pluck versus Struct. Yeah. We're doing it. Uh, so there you have it, folks. Huh. That's what a harpsichord is. Yeah. Um, and if you want to know what we're talking about, listen to the album. Just go do it. I yeah. Don't know why you're waiting? Harpsichord, man. It's a very. It's one of the. Yeah. I mean, the album's got some real sad stuff on it. So then at the end, I do a bunch of very stupid uh, voices and stuff to cleanse the palate. Yeah. No, one I of those voices is harpsichord, man. <laughs> yeah i mean i i was i was curious is there any chance like do you do any impressions besides the ones can we do like some teaser impressions you um know? yeah i mean i i used to do like uh michael j fox a lot i actually i think oh, i've man. seen you yeah, yeah i think i you did a good michael j fox once at the open mic i did i had seen some bit yeah. like that before i did uh i'll show you i'll send you a a, a video that i did uh, with my friend Dennis Hurley, who is, we've done a lot of stuff where he plays Doc Brown and I play uh, Marty McFly. Oh, man. And uh, he's, he's very funny. I'll send you the, keep talking while I'm looking for this. It's oh, yeah, definitely. Is that, are, are you trying to play that on the podcast? Is that going to be legal for us? Um, we... Oh, I guess we could. If you want, do you want to? It's totally up to you. We don't have yeah. to. Yeah, I mean, I it. totally will. Yeah, if you, oh, yeah. as long as you're okay with that. Cause yeah. I, I'm just afraid. I don't know if like, if it's a YouTube video, they might try to pull us, but it, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, it's a YouTube video that I made. That I made. Yeah. So, so if so you I get, think, if we got your approval, then we're good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that that's, yeah. One second. Let me find this. Uh, yeah. If you put the link in the chat, I can just share with sound and then I can give it a view. Cool. One second. But yeah, guys, sketches. If you're good at sketch comedy, sound off in the comments. Sound off in the in the Facebook page. Just hit us up because we love comedy. We're just trying to jump into this. this yes. It's a, com- a comedy podcast now. We call it the BBC podcast. Boxing this is an everything comedy. podcast. Yeah. Nothing's <laughs> off limits at this point. We're actually offended that people think we are a sports podcast. So yeah. that's what Doesn't everybody- it say sports in the intro? <laughs> It says music <laughs> and sports yes. every week. Sometimes. We gotta we gotta update that intro. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. There's also like only a couple clips of us in the intro. So please disregard the intro for now. Yeah. <laughs> Fast uh, forward through the intro. <laughs> okay. Ooh, old Doc and Marty's. I see. I of see. Doc and Marty's. Oh, of Doc and Marty's. I'm just yeah. a goon. All right. Doc's Doc's already old. <laughs> Here we go. Um, let's go full screen here. Copyright that. We don't. We don't have to hurry. <laughs> Why? We are. We are time machines. <laughs> <laughs> we can make up for any time not a Traveling through time, you know, yeah. for a long while, and I, I just, I just, I want to get. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You want to, you want to, you want to go back? 
1985 now. I don't think that's a good idea, Marty. Wait, Doc. Are you telling me that you messed up our space-time continuum? No, no, it has nothing to do with our space-time continuum. Doc, it's just no, we gotta go. No, we don't. Let's go back. I feel why well, can't if you if you go back is now. There something else we have to do, or what? He does a good yeah, job as well. Yeah, there is. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's something we have to do. <laughs> yeah, we have to go to um the jazz. Period of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your great 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 grandfather, uh, John Steinbeck McFly, <laughs> smokes his first jazz cigarette and he gets hooked. <laughs> he loses a foot. It's bad. We gotta go. Let's go. What? Can it wait? Yeah, I can't wait. Okay, let's just. Doc, come on. I just want to get back. So your 
adventures, you, you drop me off, and then two minutes later, you show up and say, we have to go on another adventure. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I realize how much you sacrificed, but I was all in the name of science. Science? Yeah, the class that you missed more than any other class. <laughs> Doc. Mice and men do after all that? Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's why I called them docs and monkeys. It's, uh, yeah. I should have seen that from the beginning. I see. It could be edited a little bit, probably. But I was doing okay. That was good. Do you do like, um, are, oh, that was 2015. So do you like still do sketches ever? Or I guess are you yeah. trying to get back? Yeah, I, I'm always trying to get back to sketches. I just yeah. did. Uh, around Christmas, me and uh, my friend Gary Peterson and Tim Burgle's show did a thing where we we did like some, a, a sketch thing called the Three Wisemen, where it's like a couple. It's a bunch of sketches where we're the Three Wisemen. Uh, it's very, very stupid, but I really, I'm really proud of it. I think it's really good. And then uh, right now, I'm working on a sketch that I'm, um, you know, because we're in quarantine, I'm just having people I'm doing like a fake documentary type, type sketch. And uh, having everyone shoot their own parts, and then uh, I'm going to edit it all together. So it's yeah, it's, I'm I'm trying to figure out ways to do sketches where I can have people record themselves and then edit it, uh, so that no one has to be in the same room, uh, because you know I don't want anyone to die. That works. You could do some sort right. of confessional type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Things. I mean, it's you know, like so many doc documentaries are all like archival footage and then talking heads so it's, i'm just having people shoot the talking heads and then i'm just going to use like actual you know archival, archival footage from like the 70s and stuff 
and uh, I'm volunteering both of us if you need bodies, but just, cool. uh, yeah, I think, I think I've got everyone. Cause it's really easy. Cause it's just like people that are, I've got two, uh, like three fifths of the people have sent me their stuff so far. And, uh, but yeah, maybe I, hopefully I'll do more though. If I do more, I'll definitely reach out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, no hard feelings if you don't need us, but we'll, <laughs> we're putting it out there. We're putting ourselves yeah. on the line. I'd love to get back to doing, I mean, I started in sketch. So, uh, you know, I did sketch before I ever did stand up, and I, I'd like to do more. I, I love doing sketch. And also like, I, I you know, I, I like knew so little about comedy when I was doing sketch that when I wrote stuff that came out good it was like almost by accident you know uh yeah. where now like i i have a little like i now i can like like i understand the mechanics of comedy a lot better so like my sketches could be a little bit more um intentional you know mm. so i think i wrote some funny sketches you know like 20 years ago but i don't know how you know like i don't like i yeah yeah Cause I wrote I think, so many bad sketches. Cause I just didn't really understand how it worked. I just would, you know, I just was a funny enough person that occasionally I would hit on it, hit on something that would work. Yeah. And I think some of that, and we kind of touch on that in like the music realm too, because sometimes we have, um, so we actually just had a guest on Lomel who's trying to break the world record for the longest freestyle. And for him, he sort of just hits a flow where the right things are coming out. Like he's making songs kind of just off the top of his head. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of true in a, in a comic sense where you can just kind of be coming up with funny concepts, but it's not a hundred percent going to be funny. You got to grab those, those golden nuggets like out of those moments and then formulate them into better sketches. So it's almost that, the best pieces do come out of those spontaneous moments, but they have to be crafted to actually work in a live performance. Yeah. Um, well, I think a lot of it too is just about like having, like if you just grind, you can grind out some stuff, but it's like having the tools to understand what you're doing can allow that work to be more productive, you know? Like speaking of music, like I just, I've been playing guitar for like, I don't know, like 30 years, I guess. And I, never learned how to play guitar i just like play it in my room you know and that's what i, I say just, that's so funny i was but, just that came up it's like just goofing you know, just goofing yeah right? like yeah but like i like can't play any songs that anyone else wrote i can only play songs that i've written and i f during this pandemic for the first time i'm trying to like learn chords for the first time ever like i never learned any chords i just made up my own chords but i'm trying to learn like basic chords and and try to get to the point where I can learn like basic songs where I can play like a Nirvana song or something like that, which I can't do now. Uh, and I think it's the same thing with comedy. Like, I think that like, I, I, I've written some songs that I think are pretty good, but not that many because it's like, I have to try like, I have to try like a hundred times before I get one thing to work because I don't understand why what I'm doing is working or not working, you know? And I think it's the same thing with comedy. It's like the more you can understand the mechanics, the more intentional you can be about the process. And so you don't have to fail as often because you can know something won't work before you try it, you know? And I, and I think that's true, especially, I mean, I, and I definitely like did stand up the wrong way and like figured stuff out, like just by, you know, feeling it out for 15 years. Uh, but, yeah, but what like, is the right way though? I mean, the right way I would say is, is the way that's like making the best use of your time. And I don't think that I always necessarily did that, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Who I, does though? We always who does? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's all trial and error. Right, and I think that there's like it's a spectrum, obviously. Like there's people that like, you know, there's you know comics I'm friends with that like I see go on stage, and every time they go on stage, I'm like, you're wasting everyone's time. You're wasting your time. You know? <laughs> but, and then there's comics that I that are like so uh, strict about the process that they like, you know, like my friend Peter is a hilarious comedian, but he's very and, and he's very funny. He like won the Boston Comedy Festival. He's hilarious, but he Ooh, shout out Peter. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, Peter Martin. He's great. But he like is also is weirdly neurotic about like material and he won't bring an idea on stage until he's like basically finished with it, you know, and it does evolve a little bit once he starts telling it. But like the first time you see him do a joke, it's basically a finished joke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's that there's kill. Yeah, I think he could get more accomplished if he was uh, if he was, you know, allowed himself the vulnerability of being uh, being, you know, uh unprepared on stage more but then again he's like definitely a much more successful comedian than me so what do i know uh it seems i guess it's working for him but i think that like my process of like never having a plan and never like working (laughs) on anything except when i'm on stage is is the uh it's you know just probably a happy medium yeah exactly Um, so uh, on the skit side, though, did you ever take like formal classes? Because I know they do them. I know like colleges would do them and things like that. But they're the Improv Boston, which is I saw yeah. where you were in that sketch. They they offer classes. Do you ever do that? I did. Yeah, I took one like last year. Uh, and the sketch that I'm doing now that I'm that I'm editing now, I wrote during that class. Uh, but yeah, I did a class with my friend, Laura Clark, and uh, it was great. She's really great. And uh, I would suggest, I don't know, she's probably doing online sketch classes now, I, I would assume. Uh, so if, if she is, I would say uh, take one because she's great. And uh, Yeah, no, I, I think that stuff's great. I would definitely love to do sketch sometime, but I'm a shy boy. I, at heart, I'm a shy boy, even though I do a that's, podcast. Man, <laughs> that, that's the thing about sketches that like, is that you, it's, you have a, you know, you have like a team. So it's like when you fail, you fail together, you know? Right. And also it's like, you know if you do video sketch you don't even have to be in front of people you just are in front of a phone or whatever and then later you're like i made this yeah you're like oh that's pretty hilarious you're you're so good in front of people yeah while you're alone (laughs) which is which is we love that stuff yeah yeah i i I like doing sketch i'm yeah i'm excited to do more of it it's and uh, so you edit your your videos yourself right so do you shoot everything too or do you have um Uh, well most of the stuff most of the stuff i've been editing has just been zoom stuff so it's like you know my computer shoots it i guess yeah yeah how does it work zoom's pretty good at doing that i've been impressed with doing podcasts on zoom they just kind of it has been pretty easy or it seems like it i don't know i don't (laughs) i don't do it you do it but yeah it's pretty it's pretty easy we do and we do it's funny because we're we just started doing we're we're working on a podcast that is the weirdest part. Like, so basically uh, we're doing a co-host to co-host podcast. So coast to coast is a show I do with my friend, Gary Peterson. And it's like a weird talk show. So it's basically, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird talk show. And so we're doing a podcast now where we talk, just the two of us talk. And then we play a clip from the previous like YouTube video show. So it's like a podcast about a YouTube show that no one watches. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's gonna be interesting, but I, and we're doing it just cause we fi- we feel like a lot of people, there's a lot of people that I think would be interested in like 
what we're doing, but aren't going to sit down and watch a YouTube video. But if mm. the podcast that they could just download and listen to at their, at, you know, on their commute or something, they would be more likely. Right. So, and then hopefully from that, they'll want to watch the episodes because I think the episodes are funny. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a blessing that Joe Rogan's moved to Spotify because now everyone on YouTube has a little more room to run, right? Like we got our space. Oh, really? Is he not? I mean, he's not on YouTube at all anymore? Uh, his clips get on YouTube, but his full episodes are only on Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't know that. I'm not a Spotify guy. I'm a YouTube music baby. So I just like yeah. to stay on YouTube. I prefer YouTube, but I do listen to some stuff on Spotify. Uh, but, but I, yeah, I, uh, yeah, man. His episodes are so long. So long. We try to do that. Some of them are like four hours. <laughs> yeah, That's we can't ridiculous. do it. And like, how often do they come out? They come out like... Every day. It seems like every day. I don't know. He does much. a few a week, I think. Yeah, it's too much. Is that his full-time job now, podcasting? I think so. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean elk hunting. Because of the, yeah, I mean, because of the pandemic. But I yeah. mean, sure, like he was getting up. He was still getting up a lot you know before this uh before the pandemic but now it's, okay no one, yeah he was on tour for a while i think or he, he was doing his the hour that came out a couple of years ago i remember seeing that come up a while for a long while and i guess he still yeah does the ufc too he's a busy guy yeah busy boy but yeah that that spotify check though he can just kick back let's all yeah. get that spotify check baby i want a spotify exclusive give yeah. me t- two mil i'll take two mil spotify it's not even a that's it deal. Yeah. it's nothing yeah i guess not... a, ton of, a ton of comics in la that were like kind of in his orbit of, are just moving to austin yeah i actually i i'm kind of like I, i'm just like a fanboy of like kind of that whole thing i listen to tim Dillon and like mm-hmm. that whole uh oh, slew of guys and oh you know tim yeah 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 he used to come to boston a lot oh, tim yeah. yes or yes you're the best he's uh <laughs> he's a great guy but yeah I, just like listening i think he's moving to austin or texas in general and like a bunch of them are it does seem like there's some exodus out of la but yeah. i never understood why anyone would live there in the first place it's a little too crowded it's a little too uh a little I, too I don't know, foggy. Man. boston boston's crowded yeah i don't <laughs> and know it's cold. as crowded as la and it just la is the expensive. second biggest biggest city in the in the country but it's huge i mean it's like spread out yeah boston's dense yeah boston is like there's a lot less people but that's because it's tiny right maybe la is better damn i like la i don't know i've always had a good time in la i've never been to la i need to go uh it's nice i mean the weather is always pretty nice like it's it never really like it it, it, sometimes it gets hot but it's not i don't know it's a dry heat so it's not like it's hot like when it's hot in boston and you're just like right melting you know (laughs) right I don't know. It's just like you have to be, you just have to pay attention and drink water because it's like, you know, you walk, you're walking around and then you're like, why am I so tired? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you pee and it's orange jello and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's why I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, LA sounds scary, man. LA yeah. sounds scary. <laughs> you gotta drink water. You just drink water. You're fine. Last time I peed orange jello, I had to go to the doctor. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I'm just kidding. I've never peed orange jello. God damn it. My Nana <laughs> listens to this. I'm just kidding. Does she really? No, no, no. Shout out no, Owen's God. Nana. No, no, no. Oh my God. I'd, I'd block her. But she it's, did uh, listen yeah. to the Jarvis Green episode though. Shout out Jarvis Green. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I like LA. I, don't, I always have a good time when I'm there. I don't know. It's nice. Who's your favorite LA comic? 
I don't know. Uh, good question. Uh, Jenny's a green one, I guess. Oh my so, gosh. I honestly I'm familiar. I got to get hip. I mean, yeah, she's, I she's my friend. So she's oh, she like, when they go out there. So shout she's out great. Jenny Sacrino. Yeah. Jenny's Big a shout out. Yeah. You can watch her. She was on, she's been on Conan a bunch of times and she's got a great album. Oh, damn. Jay-Z's new album. It's very good. Have you, so you've done clubs like uh, around the country too? Not much really. I mean, I, I've mainly performed in Boston, Okay. Uh, you know, but I've been to all, I've been to New Hampshire. Uh, I've been to uh, Rhode Island. You know, I'd love to eventually get to Connecticut, but it hasn't happened yet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've performed other places, but I've never like toured really or anything like that. Yeah. So I've just, you know, I mean, I always ran my own show. So I was, you know, but uh, I was sense. planning. I mean, I put up these albums this year and I was planning to try and travel more this year <laughs> to promote the albums. But then uh, I didn't now you got time to work it out still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, one second. So good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now I have to. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I have to. I get it. I'll have to rewrite jokes. I don't. I don't think I have any jokes anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I guess I must have. I, I had jokes. I'm gonna have to go and like listen to audio recordings from like the months before uh, yeah. the pandemic to remember what I was talking about and see if any of it's still relevant. I don't know. It's crazy that that was still less than a year ago. Yeah, but it's getting there. It's get. It's definitely getting there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the pandemic's basically been going on for a year now. <clears throat> basically. The pandemic has, but I mean, like, everything shut down in March last year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like, I, man, I, I, always, I wonder if I had the, the virus early on, because I was very risky early on. I, first, at the, at the beginning of March, I was in, I was on a jury. So I was on a jury from, like, late February to mid-March. And uh, that sucks because it's like i'm in a i was i was in a courthouse where it's like you can't you can't call in sick to a courthouse you know it's like Mm -hmm. if you're if you have to be in court you just have to go uh so that i mean it seems impossible that i didn't get it there but then as soon as it was over the next day i flew to la where it was worse than it was in boston and it was bad in boston and uh and it was like before they were even telling us to wear masks so it was like just walking around la with no mask for for two weeks and then and then I flew back and I've just been in my house uh, pretty much since, except for I went back to LA uh, at the end of the year to help Gary uh, Peterson move back here. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, it's very weird. It's, it's just weird to have been inside for so long. And I don't remember what any of my jokes are. I, I also like, I was on a murder, a jury, like murder trial for, oh, wow. for two they, weeks and you're not allowed to talk it? about it during the trial what's that did they do it uh probably but we didn't, we didn't do it. <laughs> probably <laughs> okay, i mean just right. the, 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 did did they do it if you mean the defendants probably if you mean uh the police and the prosecutors their jobs no so oh uh, no oh, okay so this is an yeah. oj situation damn oh all right it's a it's just i don't know it's this justice system in um, in this country is terrible. You heard it here. For, you heard it here first, folks. You are allowed to kill people. It's allowed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You're definitely. It's definitely. Uh, you can. He was in. I think he's in jail for another murder, anyways. But it all comes down on you eventually. Like, why? Oh, is this Aaron why Hernandez? did the trial happen? Why did it? No, it was just some kid who 
who's I think in jail for another murder, but he's like had we had to put put him on trial for this murder that they didn't have enough evidence for. It's just it's just a waste of everyone's time. That yeah. is a waste, and it and, probably and got you COVID, unfortunately. And probably you got me probably COVID. brought it to LA. So, like, look yeah. where we are now. I don't think I, I, I don't think I don't think I brought COVID to LA any more than I bought comedic talent to LA. There was plenty of it. <laughs> Oh, no, no, that's, I still think you brought COVID and talent to LA. <laughs> um, so is there, um, your other albums, are are they like out on YouTube and everything too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's the two albums are Sadly Sackerton and, uh, and Local Personality. And then there's also an EP called Bottle Baby and His Cry Cry Stories that is, I think, maybe only available with the bundle. But the two albums and uh, are should be everywhere that you can listen to stuff i guess okay Local personality so in that case i think the bundle should be more expensive if that's like the only way you can get that one album get those oh but two. it's the worst one <laughs> yeah but those, that's that screlly bucks it's the unreleased yeah. album yeah exactly yeah i think yeah if i could just get, get martin sclarky to buy just one copy of it uh, he disrespected the wu-tang clan yeah um, so that's a, yeah, that's yeah. a recurring thing on this podcast. I, if anyone has unreleased content, that's that Screlly Bucks. You're going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'll buy it just to be a dick. Exactly. <laughs> From jail. and he'll. What's he up to these days? He's in jail, dude. Is he in jail? Tax fraud or something. Yeah, Good. He, did, he did something bad. Yeah. He's a bad boy. Yeah. But it's all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. Everyone wanted him in jail. Yeah, that was like, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, that shouldn't have been a jury trial. That wasn't really fair. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, this is the guy that took the Wu-Tang album yeah. and didn't let us listen to it? Yeah. That was like one of the reasons that people said that they didn't feel they could be impartial juries was one woman literally said he disrespected the Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, that's how, how can I be, how can I be unbiased to someone that disrespected the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, yeah. money's temporary, but Wu-Tang is forever. Wu-Tang's forever, yeah. He, he it's for the children. Realized, he should have realized that. Yeah. Wu-Tang is for the children, for God's sakes. Puffy's <laughs> good. Wu-Tang's for the children. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, yeah we, won't, we won't keep you, though. Is there anything else you wanted to plug? Or um, is um, there any, anybody or anything you wanted to shout out? Yeah, check out Gary Peterson's album. I check out all the albums on deadmellow.com. Uh, Dead Mellow Records has great records. They just put out a really fun sketch album called uh, called Our Big Commercial Break that is uh, mainly like radio commercials. It's really funny. Hmm. And there's also like a running Spider-Man sketch that they do a, a few times in the record that's really great. And uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, Alan and Dan are, uh, have a sketch group called Dirt Men uh, that's great. But um. Yeah, uh, Dead and Mellow, and yeah, I, and uh, and uh, it, it, you can watch all my videos at, at YouTube.com/AndersonComedy, and it's uh, watch co-host to co-host. It's a I, it's a really fun show. I'm really proud of it. I think that we we did a good job. We've done 25 episodes. I think 22 are up, and I'm currently editing the other ones. And uh, awesome, nice. I like it. I think it's good. It's I'm proud of it. I wish more people would watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, cool. we're Appreciate we're it. gonna direct like all of our massive twenty five listener traffic yeah. over to you. Yeah. 
Check we got the power. I spent like this? 12 hours editing everyone, so I really would, it would mean a lot of more people would watch. Yeah, it. we'll toss you a view. Yeah. yeah, full disclosure, you're putting in way more effort than us. So yeah. we're going to give you that. What We're going to give you those views. Yep. It's probably unnecessary effort, but I don't know. What else am I going to do? It's pandemic. No such thing. Yeah, no such thing in the pandemic. It's fun yeah. though, right? Yeah, I do like it. I, I really enjoy it a lot, but yeah, good. It is intense. It's it's intensive. It's a lot of it's a lot of hours. Yeah, tedious. Yeah, definitely tedious. But I think it's worth that. I think that you know, stuff is funny and stuff. Good stuff. Oh, yeah, it is. It is yeah. great. And I think you are Kareen's Gambit on Instagram right now, or did you? Oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, it's at Rob Crean. Just oh, you know, right. my plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. but uh, it's just at Rob Crean on everything. Uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, Venmo, whatever. Um, cool. Well, I'll thanks Venmo you a couple bucks. Perfect. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. It was good. It. Have a good night. You too. All right. Peace.